Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. Learn from extraordinary leaders and get a behind-the-scenes look at what it truly takes to become a network marketing hero. On this week's episode... I fell in love with it. I just became so passionate that I didn't care if I didn't eat. I didn't care if I didn't sleep. I didn't care if I didn't take a vacation. I worked so hard, and it, it paid off, Richard. It was, just, it was, it was that, that effort, that amount of action the first year that really, that really catapulted my business to what it is today. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools at blissbusiness.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Richard Brook here for yet another Bliss Business Hero Call. This might be number, I don't know, 60 or 65, going on a couple of years now. Every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, we're interviewing some MLM rock star from around the world that has built a four-year career. Whether it's part-time or full-time, this is somebody that has figured it all out. One of the things they've come to grips with is they're going to have to talk to a lot of people on a regular basis, connect with people, invite people, enroll people. And, you know, it might take 70 people, it might take 100 people, it might take 150 people to find a half a dozen aces people like them that really want to build an empire. But boy, when you do that, watch out for what happens when geometric progressions kick in about year three and a half. So we have the opportunity tonight to hear the story of none other than Lauren Robin, who is a massive uh, distributor in a company called Jusura. Lauren lives in beautiful Newport Beach, California. She's from uh, the coast of Florida, so she's a coast-to-coast transplant. Her company is based right there in Orange County, California. Um, got some really phenomenal products, a great track record as a company, great ethical company, a great role model for our profession, and we're going to hear Lauren's story, how she went from a top high-end realtor in the Gold Coast of Florida, where she's selling five and ten million dollar homes to gazillionaires, how she went from that to network marketing. And I'm sure you all like to hear that story because you all know realtors. And you probably all love to go invite them to look at an opportunity, but how do you cast the vision so that they can get it? And that's one of the things that I expect we'll get from Lauren tonight is what captured her imagination being a top realtor and what gave her the patience, you know, to work for four or five years before she saw the fruits of her labor in network marketing. So, Lauren, are you here? Hi, Richard. Yes, I'm here, and I'm super thrilled to be with you tonight. Very, very excited about being on your call. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, once you're on a Bliss Business Hero call, your stock in the network marketing community, your ranking, your Alexa ranking, your everything goes like up like 20-fold, and one of the things you'll have to deal with is you're, you know, when you're going through an airport, you're going to have to dress now. You have to dress for success when you're going through the airport. You can't wear your yoga pants, you know, uh, on the flight because people are going to go, oh, my God, are you Lauren Robin? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens. Uh, well, I have to I have to be careful because I definitely dress casually when I travel. But I just want to shout out to you, Richard. Um, before I, I jump into my story, I just want to say how grateful I am to have met you. Originally saw you speak at the Mastermind, the MLM Mastermind event in, in, in Houston, Texas a few years back. And then 
I got on your mailing list and I got an invitation to a vision workshop that you were doing in Anaheim, California. And I was living down in San Diego at the time and I drove up for that workshop. And I have to say that that workshop was a game changer for me. And you, you were able to pull so much out of me, extract so much out of me that day, especially vulnerability and, and, and vision and, and, uh, the people that were at the workshop, you know, they, they were all so uh, so successful and powerful, and and everybody was there to just to grab as much as we could for you from you. And I got, I remember getting on stage and sharing a story with your 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 audience, and I was so nervous and I was so petrified, but you had a way to just bring me this uh, feeling of calmness, and and you 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 made me feel like. Um, I could do it, and um, it, it, the, the things I shared on stage that day were, were really, really intimate um, stories of my life, and you just made it easy. And I remember going home after that workshop and feeling so good about myself and feeling like I had a breakthrough, and you just expanded my thinking, and you built so much confidence in me. And, and it was at, at that workshop that you, um, you actually introduced me to some amazing people in the network marketing industry, one being Sonia Stringer and Margie Prande. And since then, I've been able to build some really cool relationships with, with these gals. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But I just want to just say thank you uh, for believing in me and thank you for giving me uh, that push uh, because it really has made a big difference in my network marketing business and in my personal life. So thank you, Richard. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Lauren. I appreciate that. That uh, that's actually the uh, workshop that Kimmy, uh, that was her first workshop, and she brought Haley, her daughter, to that workshop, and that uh, she hired me as her coach after that, and then we fell in love. That was kind of a pivotal uh, workshop. I should maybe do another one in Orange County. It's, uh, we call that workshop now, ladies and gentlemen, a bliss life, and the next one, for those of you that are listening live, is December 15th, September 15th in Denver, Colorado. We only do that workshop a couple of times a year, so if you've never been and you want to check it out, just go to Bliss Business and I'll tell you how to get there. So, Lauren, tell us your story. <clears throat> you've built a giant empire. Uh, I know people probably want to know how big of a business you've built. 30,000 people, ladies and gentlemen. 30,000 people, uh, closing in on $2 million a month in business. $2 million a month in business. That's bigger than a lot of network marketing companies in and of themselves. So, Lauren, tell us your story. What were you doing? Who were you? And what was your life like prior to network marketing? Well, I was a real estate broker in South Florida. And I uh, love, love, love selling real estate. I was really good at it. I got to be one of the top 1% real estate agents in the country. Um, I was killing it in the South Florida market. We were having so much fun and love, love, loved it. In, in a million, million years, I would never think I wouldn't be selling real estate today. But like everything else, um, I had been in the business for like 26 years. I was I was getting a little burnt out um, with the, the, you know, the hours and not really owning your own life, not really having your own time. And, um, and rewind a few years back, I had sold a couple of very large homes to successful network marketers, and they were titans in the industry. They were, they were super successful people. As a matter of fact, um, I remember them. They were all, you know, living in their, these like mansions and these homes were their second and third homes. They, they were super uh, generous and there was something unique about these people, just the way they, they showed up, the way they showed up in life, the way they showed up for me. They were all philanthropic. They are all visionaries. They, uh, they were kind and um, they just made me feel really special. One of the well, people that we sold, um, it was a new home development we sold uh, homes to was, was a guy named Charlie Marsh. He was one of the 
uh, first, he was the first uh, triple diamond in Amway, and he was so cool, and I learned so much from him, and there was Robert and Kathy. They were all just mega, mega superstars in network marketing, and at the time that I met these folks, they, they were actually my first introduction to network marketing. It wasn't through a product. It wasn't through a service. It was through people and the life that they lived, the kind of lifestyle that they lived and, and who they were as people. And I, I was at the top of my game selling new homes in this development, this golf course community in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And there was no way in, at that time that I was interested in, in giving up my um, very glamorous career in real estate for network marketing. But, you know, I, I just looked and I kind of looked at what they were doing. Um, they never, ever, ever tried to really recruit me because they knew that I was very satisfied with my life. They just, they just loved on me and we just built a relationship and we were stayed friends. And then, you know, if you look at my life and I, you know, fast forward about 10 years later, that was, that was back in like 1996, 97, 98, you fast forward 10 years later, my life looked very different. You know, I, I, I was uh, in South Florida, and it was the, probably the, one of the worst-hit markets in the country, um, especially that real high-end market, which was my niche. And, and, you know, I look back, and even a few years before that, my best year financially, where I was, you know, making a million and a half dollars a year selling real estate, but my best year financially in real estate was my, my worst year for my personal well-being. I, I was so busy and so stressed no matter what I did. I couldn't re react. It was a react fast enough to my clients. You know, when the market was booming, I couldn't even breathe. So, so when, the, when 2008 came and, and, you know, I remember exactly that day, October of 2008, and I'm sure a lot of you listening to this call can relate to that date. It was a disaster. And I remember being on the treadmill um, that morning watching CNN, and, and I thought to myself, am I ever going to sell another house again? Things, <laughs> thing, I, just, I, knew, I knew things were really bad. And, and I panicked. I panicked. I hit the, literally hit the panic button on my, on, my, on my treadmill, that little red button that says stop, and I, I jumped off the treadmill, and I called my bank manager, and I said, can you, can you liquidate every amount of anything that I have in a credit line, my equity home, my home, home equity line of credit, my business line of credit, my personal line of credit, and take whatever money I have and put it into a you know, CD, a liquid account, because I didn't think I was going to be able to sell another house again with, with what was happening in, in the South Florida real estate market. And, you know, I was right. It was bad. It was super, super bad. And, um, and that's when I started re trying to really figure out what I was going to do. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, I remembered, remembered the, the, the lives and the lifestyles of my, my, my network marketing. I call them my guardian angels. And I was like, I remember that. And I thought, well, you know, that might be a great, that might, this might be a great time for me to explore the other opportunities that are out there. And it was through the crisis, the real estate crisis of 2008, that, you know, that window opened for me to look for something different and to, to, to supplement my income. So did you know, Lauren, besides the uh, Charlie Marsh, the, the guy that bought the house, did you know any other network marketers? Had you ever been presented with an opportunity? Did you ever look? Did you know much about it, or was it just the Amway people? Well, there was a couple other clients that I had in this development that had, uh, there was Robert and Susan and Kathy, and they, you know, there, were, there was Herbalife, and there was New Skin people, and, you know, there, there, these people were all successful. So there, there were many role models for me, but I'd never been to an opportunity meeting, and nobody ever tried to pitch me. Nobody ever tried to pitch me on, on a company or anything. I was so successful in real estate that nobody came near me. They, 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 right. and, and then it, it, was, it was that one, one day that uh, one of my agents, a part-time agent, I was a broker. I had my own company at the time. She told me about uh, an, a brand-new startup that was, that was coming, uh, coming together, and you know, I should take a look at it, and, and that's my first real – introduction and network marketing from a, from a product and business perspective. 
Okay, so let's analyze her pitch because if she sponsored somebody like you, I mean, that could have been worth millions, and so she must have had a brilliant presentation. So what did she tell you again? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she yeah, it was it was one of those situations where you know, she was she was an agent of mine, she was uh somebody that I respected and um I didn't know that well, but uh she had friends that you know were really successful in the real estate business that are starting a network marketing company and you know, everything they touch turns to gold and they've they've got this product that's, you know, really great and um Anyway, it was it was something that I didn't do enough due diligence with, and I didn't really know what I didn't know at that time. I just liked her, and I thought it could be fun to do this. And you know, being num- you know, being the top, you know, let me say the top one of the first people that joined the company to be a founding distributor, and it all sounded so good. Yes, uh, but you didn't do your homework, did you? I didn't. No, no. I didn't do yeah. my homework, and I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. You know, what would be fascinating statistics, I'm, I'd love to do it, but I'm not sure how to do it, is if there was a way to track every network marketing company that has started in the last 25 years, and then, you know, how many of them are still in business today, I mean, it's it's got to be probably around 1%, probably one out of 100, it would be my guess. Uh, that are in business today, and of course, all those companies, every one of them, you know, they had some kind of story about we're going to be the biggest, we're going to be the best, we're going to be wonderful, we are wonderful, and and but yet, you know, people. That's one of the things that really hurts our profession is people don't ask enough questions before they join a company about who owns it, and you know, really like who owns the the product formulas, you know, like one of the cool things about Jusura, your company is, you know, you guys develop and manufacture those products. And, um, you know, that's, that's an important thing. Um, so you had a misstep, you, you wasted a couple of years of your, your first effort in a company that was not aligned with, uh, who you were and what you wanted to build. And, um, then you found Jusura. So how did you find Jusura? Well, it was a, a good friend of mine who was a, a, another high-end real estate agent in uh, in South Florida. She had uh, been looking for, uh, very very specifically looking for a network marketing company. Her brother did really well in, uh, in a company, and he made millions. Uh, he worked um, for about 20 years and made $25 million, and she didn't jump on with him. She regretted it. You know, it was his, his company had already been around for too long and gone through momentum and it was just wasn't good timing for her to join his company. And somebody approached him with Jisoo and uh, he shared it with her and said, Hey, you know, this company looks like my company did 20 years ago. You know, um, it's got all the right, it's got all the right ingredients. Um, the, the timing is right, and I, I think you, you, you could do really well with it. So she called me, and she, she shared with me why she thought that this would be a good fit for me with her. Um, her brother was going to mentor us and teach us how to do the business. And so we did a lot of due diligence this time. We checked everything out. Um, you know, we checked out the financials. We checked out the patents. We checked out the clinical studies. We did everything um, and one of the things that was really important to me was that uh, I was going to be with a company that had a, a, a product that was really effective and it was making a big difference. And, and most importantly, that it was effective and it was protected. So it matched all of the criteria. And I, you know, uh, we, we basically jumped in um, together and we started building. Um, we started building, and we built a massive organization very quickly. It was it was the work, really the the, the work that we did in the beginning. Um, it was the the quality of the people that we sponsored in the beginning, and the system, and the excitement, and the passion, and everything we did that first year that is really. Uh, created the organization that I have now. It was it was the intensity and the 
um, really all-out massive action that we did when we joined this company. And we were both selling real estate at the, you know, we were both full-time real estate agents. So we were, we were working our real estate business full-time and doing our network marketing business part-time, but we fell in love with the, the company. We fell in love with, with the industry. I fell in love with it and it became so passionate that I didn't care if I didn't eat. I didn't care if I didn't sleep. I didn't care if I didn't take a vacation. I worked so hard and it, it paid off, Richard. It was, just, it was, it was that, that effort, that massive action the first year that really, that really catapulted my business to what it is today. Yeah, and it wouldn't matter to me, Lauren, what you said for the rest of the call. For those of you out there paying attention, what Lauren just talked about, that is the secret to building a four-year career. I mean, if, if there is a secret, which is not really a secret, in fact, if you talk to anybody who's ever built one, they'll tell you that that's what you have to do. You know, the first 90 days is critical. The first year is critical. In the four-year career, it's about getting your car over the hill. You know, another way of looking at it is it's, um, you know, you know, how does a plane take off? All the power is applied in the beginning. It's got to get to rotation speed. It's got to get to lift where lift can lift the weight. And once you get your car over the hill, once you get that plane off the ground, boy, it takes so much less power to even keep climbing. And in the case of a car over here, it just takes no power at all for that car to keep rolling because you've got the power of numbers behind you. But to get to that critical mass, you know, my, my experience is critical mass is somewhere around four or 500 people. Four or 500 people on your team you know, just sheer numbers means you've probably got about, you know, 20 or 30 leaders. And, you know, what's the definition of a leader? That's somebody like you, somebody that's committed, somebody that's in action, somebody that's working, somebody that's producing. And you get 20 or 30 people on your team that are producing, it doesn't really matter so much what you do. In fact, it's kind of hard to stop it. And yet, how most people go about their start is, you know, I'm going to try, I'm going to do it when it's convenient, when it's comfortable, I'm going to try to learn everything before I do anything, and boy, that's just the quickest way to kill a business, because, the, you know, the more months you rack up where you don't have success, then you start this story about, well, I've been doing this for nine months, and... You know, this is what it looks like. So tell us about your, like you talked about systems and you had, a, you had a group and you guys hit it hard. How did you do that? What systems did you use? You know, who told you how to hit it hard like that in the first year? And what are some of the things you did? Well, it was really simple. We just all did the same thing and we did a lot. <laughs> Excuse me. We did a lot of it. We we did a lot of it, and there's something, you know, when you have the synergy, when you have a group of people that are super excited and motivated at the same time, you can move mountains. And so what, what we did was we started by doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one meetings. I spent a lot of time in Starbucks. I spent a lot of time in Panera Bread. And just to piggyback off what you just said, Richard, I didn't even know how to pronounce some of the ingredients of my product. Like, I was this real estate broker I'm not in the wellness industry. I never heard of some of these things. And I didn't care. Like, I just, w w my, my advantage was I saw the outcome. I saw how people that were successful in network marketing live their life. I saw the time freedom. I saw the residual income. I saw the, 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 the giving back. I saw it all. So my vision was really clear. So when I went out and I started talking to people, and one of the things I have to say is I don't have the, you know, personally sponsored, um, I don't know, under 100 people in, in going on seven years. Um, and the reason that's okay is because the people that I sponsored were rock star people. They were people I wasn't afraid to talk to people 
that were more successful than I was. I wasn't afraid to talk to anybody. As a matter of fact, I didn't care if they told me no because I understood it was a numbers game, and I understood that I needed to just go out and talk to everybody. So I invited everybody to take a look at my business, and I just kept inviting people and kept inviting people, and I did not wait to learn about how to – I mean, we have such a science-based product. There's so much science behind it but I didn't understand it and I you know what I didn't I just said I'll figure it out later I don't need to know how this works I just need to know it works and I went out there and I started talking to everybody and I I didn't care I had this unwavering belief that I was going to be successful because I had seen it with my titans my real estate clients that were that were successful in network marketing I knew it could be done so I just called everybody. I, I went through my list. My went through my I, I went through my phone, and I just made lists. And I made lists of people that would be fabulous in my business partners. People that I you know that I dreamed about maybe traveling the world with someday, or or, or people that I you know wanted to have dinner with, or people that I, I wanted to hang out with, whatever. And I called everybody and. And I, I set up meetings at Panera Bread, and then we started doing in-home meetings. And I remember our in-homes got so big that I remember in my house in Jupiter, Florida, we had one night, we had 60 people in my house, and I lived in a, a community that had a, a homeowners association. And I remember the police came to my house and said, we were doing meetings every Wednesday night. There were so many people. They said the police were like, you can't do this. You, your neighbors can't park. And, you know, it was, it was, that's how, that's how exciting it was. And, and, you know, it started with one person and then we had five people and then there was 10 people and then there was 30 and then there was 40 and then there was 50. And, and what was cool about it was we just, we, we, we would enroll people and then we would, we would have a, we, our planning session or strategy session with them within, you know, 48 hours. And it was like, we, the way we were taught was like, you have to have that meeting within 48 hours. If you don't have that meeting, you know, it, it wasn't even optional. It wasn't even optional. And I see that that's really those behaviors that we did that, that, that created that momentum. And I was doubling my volume every single month. You know, I remember wow. my very first month, my, my, I don't even remember my volume was maybe $1,400 or my paycheck, my very first check was $233. And I thought I won the lottery because I, I knew that was a lot of money in network marketing for your first check. And every month we would double it, it was double, it was double it, it was double. It was like, because people were duplicating what we were doing and what they were, and it was simple. It was like, they were talking to people at Starbucks and Panera Bread. They were coming to our in-home meetings and then we would get too big for the house and we'd start doing, you know, weekly hotel meetings and then we'd do Saturday trainings and it just blew up. And, and it, it's not rocket science. It's just doing it. It's just doing it and then doing more of it and doing more of it and doing it when you don't want to do it. But you know, when we started and we had that momentum going, that was my favorite time ever in the history of my network marketing career was that very beginning, that first year when we were making things happen. It was so much fun. Yeah, and th then comes, oh, my gosh, I have a big organization now, so I need to manage everybody, and I need to teach people to do what we were doing. And <clears throat> that's, that's a lot harder than doing it yourself. <laughs> So we'll talk about that later, though. So I'm curious, uh, you know, people are, I think, maybe listening to this and going, well, well, wait a minute, you know, what about all the people who say they don't have time? And what about all the people who say, you know, oh, that's one of those things like Amway, I don't want to do that, or, you know, they don't have any money, or didn't you run into a bunch of people like that? Oh my gosh, yes, of course. I ran into people like that, you know, 90% of the time. 90% of the time. Or maybe high, maybe more, 95% <laughs> of the time. And what did you do with them? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a convincer. Like, I think if you have to convince somebody to join your business, you know, I, I just always... I would just always kind of roll with it, just kind of get to know where they're at, build a relationship with them, ask them for, for a referral, and then move on and keep them on my list and go back and maybe ask them if I could check back with them in a couple months. And, and, and a lot of them were just, I mean, in the beginning, it was, there was so much ego involved. You got to remember, I was this hot shot, <laughs> realist, glamorous, you know, gazillion million dollar house seller, you know, living this really high 
high, fast-paced life in South Florida. And so when I jumped into network marketing, as much as I had this unwavering belief that uh, I believed in, you know, I believed in the outcome, I, be- I believed it was going to be, you know, sensational and life-changing and, 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 and it was going to, my quality of life was going to get better. It wasn't easy. And Richard, I had to go through so much, so much um, ego, like, uh, you know, people talking behind my back, People, you know, people, I remember my mom came over one day and she was, said to me, oh, yeah, my friends were all talking about you, saying, oh, your poor daughter, Joyce, your poor daughter. Now she's selling vitamins door to door, something crazy, and yeah. how they felt sorry for me. And you know, the perception out there was that I was just, you know, I was, I was just, I, how, how could you go from being this incredibly successful high-end luxury real estate agent to selling or being in network marketing, you, you know what I mean? And so I had to, I had to, I had to put my, I really had to put my ego aside and I really focus on that and say, you know what, what do you want, Lauren? What do you want with your life? Like, what do you want? You know, you can do this. You know what the outcome is going to be if you stick with it. These people don't matter. What they say doesn't matter. Forget about what they're saying. Just stay focused on your goal. Stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. And I had to talk to myself. And there were, there, sometimes it didn't feel good. I mean, a lot of times it didn't feel good. And when 95% of the people told me, no, it didn't feel good, but I kept focused on the vision. I, I, I kept focused on what I knew I could have at the end, um, you know, at, at the end of the day. I, I just said, okay, do you want to do what you were doing for the last 26 years and, and, and have this life of um, re- reacting to your real estate clients and never having time to breathe and the unsta- you know, instability of the market? Or do you want to have residual income? Do you want to have time freedom? Do you want to be able to live where you want to live, go where you want to go, do what you want to do, when you want to do it? Then just put your ego aside and do the work. And I would tell myself, shut up and work. Just shut up and work. <laughs> Talk to myself, just shut up and work. And, and, and you know, and it's true. And, and it's not easy. And it wasn't easy for me either. As much as I, 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 I might make it look easy, it wasn't easy at all. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's such brilliant stuff, Lauren. That's really juicy. Um, Tell me about realtors. I imagine people are wondering, like, what is it about realtors that make them a difficult uh, candidate for our business? And what is it about them that makes an extraordinary candidate? And how would one talk to them? Well, I think it's pretty simple. Um, the, the, the one thing that's going to make them difficult candidates is the ego. It's the ego. It's just what I talked about. It's that, you know, perception that they, they have this glamorous life and, and it's, it's a world where they get a lot of respect and it's ego. So that's the challenge. But the, the good part, the, 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 the part about realtors that I think is super, um, it just makes real estate people the best prospects. I mean, I mean the best prospects is that they have the same traits. That it was it was actually that I was told when I was selling real estate that I would thrive in network marketing because I had similar traits that it takes to be successful in the network marketing profession. And those traits are this. Number one, real estate professionals are visionaries. They have vision. I mean, really good realtors can take you in a house that's kind of dilapidated. They can they can kind of show you what could be. They could take you to a vacant lot. You know, I remember taking people on a piece of dirt when I sold new homes. And, you know, I'd sit there and talk about how amazing the view would be from the dining room window. And I would sell the dream, that the, 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 the vision that you create is so powerful, even more powerful sometimes than the real thing. Another thing about real estate professionals is work ethic. I mean, real estate people work really hard. They're used to they're, they're, they're used to getting up. They're used to um, having to be disciplined because they're really um, uh, self-employed people. And I think one of the most uh, valuable traits is, is the ability for us as realtors to build long-term relationships. And that is what the, embodies network marketing, is the, the ability to connect with people and build long-term relationships um, also being great listeners, 
I mean, w- one of the reasons why I was able to achieve so much success in real estate was because I was such a good listener and I was able to also elicit and extract information from my clients. And I was able to get them where they wanted to go, to find the home they wanted very quickly because I would listen and then I would ask the right questions and I'd be able to extract um, what, it is, what it was that they love and what they don't like and, and, and be able to get them from, from point A to point B very quickly. I mean, the better you listen um, in network marketing, the, the better questions that you ask to your prospects and your new distributors, the more successful you're going to be. And I think um, and the last thing, lastly, uh, being rejection-proof. I mean, real estate professionals, anybody who is any success in real estate has learned to be rejection-proof. They've, gone, they've gone to, gotten to a place where it doesn't matter if somebody tells you no. It doesn't matter if, if you, know, you show somebody 30 houses and they, they end up buying a house from somebody else. You know, because, that happens. You know, they, <laughs> <laughs> so so those, those are the really five traits that I think um, encompass the, the, both the real estate professional and the network marketing professional. And so what's the best way to approach them? So you know some realtors – um, like, how would you coach somebody? What questions would you have them ask a realtor or, you know, what research would you have them? Like the first thing I would think about if I was going to approach a realtor is, boy, I want to know everything I can know about maybe their last five years of sales. And, and then I can like figure out their income. That information is maybe available, isn't it? What else would I want to know about a realtor before approaching them? Well, I like to Google everybody before I have a – I Google every prospect um, before I have a conversation or a meeting to try to learn about them. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, their, their, their personal life too. Do they have small children? Do they have – are they married? Uh, do they like to play golf? Do they like to travel? And, yes, you can find out. Um, with different multiple listing services, uh, you can you can track in some markets. You can track the the volume, of what people are doing through those through those MLS and boards and different things like that. I mean, for me, it's always the same thing. I always try to just build a relationship, build a build a rapport with somebody. So, you know, I know I believe right now that the real estate market is going to readjust again, like it did in 2008, 2009, 2000. I believe it's going to happen. And I'm actually gearing up right now for a big campaign to recruit real estate professionals into my network marketing business. And so some of the questions you want to ask is, you know, just real basic questions like, hey, how's your business? How's the market? How's the market in, you know, for me, I don't know the California real estate market. I never got my real estate license here. When I moved to California, I decided I didn't need to sell real estate anymore. So, um, so when I talk to a real estate professional here in California, I just ask a lot of questions. Hey, how's the market here? Is it, you know, how's it compared to 2010? Or, you know, just by, again, eliciting information and asking people questions and, you know, um, what do you love best about real estate? You know, is this, you know, have you ever had another career or, you know, just, and, and not really, I don't pitch people on my business. Um, initially, I, I, I just make a friend, build a, build a relationship. And then, you know, through the questions that I ask, uh, it kind of just kind of seg- takes on a life of its own until the, the, you know, until somebody says to me, like, what do you do? And I, I'd be like, wow, you know, I actually still a licensed real estate broker in Florida, but I haven't sold a house in four years. I keep my license active just for referrals, but you know, I found a better way. I found something, I found a better way. And, and then I, you know, t- talk a little bit about my personal story and I share uh, how I was able to move to California and be with my sons and, you know, get into some real intimate conversations about family or things that are, that are, you're not really selling anybody or anything you're just connecting with them and so I would tell people um, you know if you're prospecting real estate professionals you got to find a way to connect with them personally heart to heart where they look at you or they or they, they see you and they're like wow this person's somebody I'd like to get to know better and 
you know, and get them to ask you about what you do and just create, like, I know, Richard, you've taught me this more than anybody else is that curiosity. Create curiosity and, and try to find out what it is that they need. And um, most real estate professionals that I talk to right now, they are so burnt out. They are so burnt out on real estate, especially the baby boomers, people my age in their 50s, people in their 60s, they are over it. The market is nothing like it was when we started selling real estate years ago. Um, they're over it. And so you just got to find the pain, the pain points. The, the, you know, I call it, go find the, you know, the hole in the donut, you know, and fill it up with jelly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was talking to a realtor friend of mine this morning, uh, just casual, bumped into each other outside the the golf club, and uh, another friend of mine was buying a place on the lake, so I asked him, I said, hey, so Greg, are you, are you, uh, are, are you selling Bruce that place down in the lake? And he said, yeah, we're, you know, we're working on the counter offer or whatever, and, and, um, I said, so, you know, it's the end of August, you know, uh, he's missed, you know, the best three months of the year, you know, why now? And, and Greg told me something he said that I thought was interesting. He said 60% of his income is earned based on the activity in the month of August. So I think because things close in September and October, but 60% of his income is made in, based on conversations he has, people that approach him in the month of August. And so then another question I asked him is, you know, have real estate values here on the lake, have they ever got back to where they were in 2006 and seven, which is where they peaked? And he said, not even close, and they're flat. So it's just two questions I asked him, which he's, you know, he's not somebody I'm pursuing to – to prospect, but if I was, you know, that's pretty interesting intel that he's not making as much money uh, remotely now as he was making in, you know, 2002 through 2007, and sounds like he only needs to work about three months a year, <laughs> August, September, and October, so what's he doing the rest of the time, and maybe he has free time to build some kind of retirement. So I know I've always thought realtors just for the everything you said, Lauren, is so dead on. Their work ethic, they're used to working seven days a week, you know, twelve hours a day. It's all about the people business. It's not about the dirt or the house. It's all about relationships and boy, you do get tons of rejection too, you know. Somebody you know, I will call you, I'm sure, you know, twenty, thirty times, show me this house, show me this house, show me this house and then then they don't ever buy anything, but they buy from another realtor. And, you know, that kind of stuff happens in network marketing. They're, they ought to be really uh, great people. Um, Todd Smith, you know, one of the one of the huge successful distributor in New Skin and top distributor in the world in Rexall, and now he's the top distributor in Unicity, you know, former very successful realtor in the Chicago market. Yeah, Todd is a has really been the a dumbest. A, what is the dumbest thing you've done in the last seven years building Jusura? So you don't count your first misstep with your first company, but in the last seven years, what is the dumbest thing you've done? What's the biggest mistake you've made? Maybe you made it once. Maybe you've made it, you know, repetitively. You're addicted to it. Uh, and maybe it costs you a bunch of money, or maybe it costs you health, integrity, relationship, credibility, peace of mind. What's the biggest mistake you've made? Oh, I wasn't ready for this question. Uh, probably, I think it's the same mistake that that so many of us make in this in this profession is is I put too much I put too much. Uh, stock or too much effort or too much of my own personal wanting somebody to be super successful. And I, I had that more than they, I had that more than they had for themselves. And so I try to make, you know, I try to put that square peg in a round hole and, um, 
I think I think it's just common when we see when we see somebody who's got incredible gifts and their 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 talents and and we look at them like, man, you are so good. You could be better than me. You can make more money than me. You could, you know, I'm going to help you. And I'm going to, and you kind of invest a little bit too much in trying to get them to believe in themselves. And, and you don't let go. I think that's probably the mistake that, that, I'm, that I made <laughs> and I still make because I'm kind of a forever, um, I'm kind of like you. I, I believe in people so much and sometimes we just, I don't know. We we got to let go. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty common one. All right. What's the smartest thing you've done? The smartest thing I've done was I've just um I made a commitment uh that uh for good or for bad, no matter what, no matter um no matter what, that I am married to my company. And that there there are going to be good good times, and there are going to be some struggles. And I might not agree with everything that um, that my company does, um, but I I've I've, I've learned to um, go with the flow and respect decisions that I don't have control over, and that has served me really well. Um, that has served me really well because there isn't a perfect there is not a perfect 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 company. And I, I see so many people jump around and, um, and, you know, the bigger, better deal, uh, the bigger, better, you know, a bit bigger, better opportunity. And so I think the one thing that, that I, I've done right was I've just stayed the course and I've committed to doing whatever I can to make my company better, to be a, a better leader uh, within my company, to grow personally and to help and, and um, support the executive management team with my company and help my company grow. Yeah, that's, um, boy, music to my ears. I, you know, I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed over the years that, you know, they're on their ninth company, and they always have an excuse and a story. Um, but, you know, I, I wrote this article a couple of years ago, which is on my website if you want to read it. It's called For Better or For Worse. And it came from interviewing 50 network marketing leaders who were, oddly enough, in between companies, and they were looking to join my company. And so they came into Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and I sat down with them and, and uh, went through this process of tell me your story. And so every time they'd name a company they were with, I'd put it on my whiteboard in my office. And when they got all done, oddly enough, in 90% of the cases out of 50 people, the first company they were with was not only still in business, because these people had been around for like 20 years. So if you go back 20 years ago, folks, there were only about 40 or 50 companies. There weren't 1,000 companies. So companies survived longer. There was less competition. There wasn't, you know, Facebook and Google to p- compare companies and distract everybody. And you didn't really know th- 30 years ago, you didn't know another company existed unless they were having an opportunity meeting in the same hotel you were. And so in 90% of these stories of these 50 people, the company that they joined first, that they quit, was not only still in business, it was five to 20 times bigger now at the time that I did the interview, than when they quit. So, of course, they quit because, oh, the company was doing this, or the company was going through this problem, and I can't build anymore. I can't wrap my head around it. They changed the product formula. They changed the comp plan. They fired the president. They, you know, sales went flat. Nobody was making any money. And, um, you know, so they quit. And then, of course, somebody didn't quit. And they carried on, and now these companies were huge, and yet these people were sitting in front of me in between companies, and I asked them the question. I said, uh, let me ask you this. Where do you think you'd be? Look at the list of these companies. Where do you think you'd be in your net worth, in your income, in your health, in your relationship with your spouse, your credit score, your peace of mind, if you'd have just stuck it out with the first company? And these people went white as a sheet, realizing how they had squandered their network marketing career 
always looking to get on the bandwagon. And the thing about the bandwagon or the latest greatest company is they never last. As the latest greatest company, it's always a different company every year or every you know, two or three companies a year. So that's a brilliant, smartest thing you've ever done, Lauren. Thank you for that. And um, as we uh, – well, a couple of other things I want to quickly ask you about. You do – with Sonia Stringer and Margie Alaprande and a few other people, you do some extraordinary charity work. Tell us quickly about that. Yes, I am so proud to be part of a, a, a movement that uh, Margie and Sonia and I had created uh, back in 2015. We got together and we shared our passion for empowering women around the world, and we created a a movement along with other successful network marketing leaders that are female leaders in, in 35 different companies in the network marketing uh, profession and even gals that are in other countries. So we've got other countries involved in this. And what we do is we, uh, we, we pull together to raise money for Project Concern International's Women Empowerment Initiative. And they have a micro-savings program and really basically what it comes down to is we fundraise for them it's $50 increments can change a woman's life around the world they get into reading programs and leadership programs and uh, really creates opportunity for these women to start small businesses and to be able to create more opportunity for their children and so we start we launched this in 2015 so last year and we've already uh, raised over $100,000 and put over 20,000 women in this program. So we're really excited about that. We're going to take a trip out to Guatemala in November uh, to visit with some of the villages and, and meet with some of the women that are in the program. And it's, it's just really, it's really empowering for us to connect with women around the world and to know that we're making a difference because we believe that if we empower women, if we help women, uh, we'll be able to help eradicate poverty and malnutrition around the world. So very exciting to be, to be able to uh, be, be part of that. And, and again, Richard, I thank you for those introductions because without that introduction to Sonia Stringer um, at her event a few years ago, uh, I, I would definitely um, not have been able to have, have access to them. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And, um... Yo, Sonia has uh, a Believe event coming up in uh, September. Are you speaking at that? I will be. I will be uh, one of the speakers there. Very excited about it. It's the end of September in Kansas City. Yeah, Kimmy is going to that, and um, I think she's speaking. I'm not sure. but um, So those of you that are not connected with Sonia Stringer, uh, Google her, soniastringer.com. She's um, number one female direct selling coach in our space and um, her stuff is really really awesome all right true to form Lauren last question as we wrap this up which will be a surprise to you if you've not been studying your hero calls you get to ask me a question oh okay well my question for you Richard is you've had so much success in your life and you constantly are pushing your own personal development and being better being a better leader being a better uh, teacher mentor being a better husband I know you do some great things with Kimmy Um, what do you see uh, for yourself and 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 how it fits in with network marketing in the future what what is your vision for where you'd like to take your yourself and you and Kimmy and what would you like to where would you like to be in the next five to ten years with with all of this well Kimmy and I are doing two things um, which you know hasn't changed for for me in many years and uh, I think it's changed for her in the last few years since she's gone from you know, being an independent distributor um, to, you know, now she's a co-owner in a company and, and also, you know, a, an equal partner in Bliss Business, you know, we have two visions that we pursue rigorously. One is to build a role model 
network marketing company, which we spend, you know, probably 80 or 90 percent of our time on, you know, looking to build a Juicera, and, um, you know, the rest of the time we spend on Bliss Business, and the vision of Bliss Business is simply to provide network marketing leaders with philosophies and principles and strategies that uh, that can lead to transforming how the public, which includes the media and the regulators, see our profession. And if you just look at the last 70 years about how almost all companies in the space and all leaders in the space and all distributors have promoted the opportunity, it has been done recklessly, frantically, desperately, with a high level of greed, um, a high level of using and manipulating and lying to people and, you know, just, you know, total irresponsible things like telling a prospect you know, we're the fastest growing company in the history of network marketing. Well, you know what, Mr. Distributor or Mrs. Distributor, you have no idea about the history of network marketing and which companies have grown the fastest. And, you know, you probably never heard of Cambridge Diet, which smoked your company in terms of growth. So, you know, just making stuff up or, you know, Donald Trump or, you know, you know whoever, you know, Bill Gates, you know, it quoted, if I had to do it over again, I'd do network marketing. You know, it's just total BS. You know, neither one of them said that. Um, or 80% of the women, you know, multimillionaires made their money in direct selling. Total BS never happened. And our, you know, the last 70 years of our profession is just just all that kind of crap. And, you know, I, I found 25 years ago a different way to do it. Um, you know, it started with me just listening to an audio tape by a guy named Larry Wilson, and the name of the audio tape was A New Way of Selling. And, you know, you know, Larry's not the only one to teach that stuff, and, you know, I teach it now, and lots of people teach it, but it certainly was not being taught in network marketing. And um, maybe it was taught in real estate. Maybe it was taught in lots of other places, but, you know, it's just all about, you know, making the conversation being about the prospect and serving them and doing what's in their best interest and honoring them and listening to them and being present to them. And, you know, a big part of what we teach is, you know, giving uh, prospects their objections. You know, somebody says, I don't have time. You know, I used to say, well, if you sleep eight hours a day and work eight hours a day, you got 72 hours a week free time. What are you doing with it, you idiot? And, you know, that doesn't enroll people. That makes me right in that ridiculous little conversation, but it doesn't, it doesn't allow me to win. And our profession is just fraught with that. And so my commitment in Bliss Business is to give people philosophies, principles, and most importantly, strategies on how to do it different. And that you know, that exists at the, at the superficial level, like, you know, how to actually approach people, how to develop that conversation with them, how to develop relationship with them, when to invite them to look, how to invite them to look, what to say when they give you an objection. So we have, you know, very specific techniques to the four-year career book, which, you know, I discovered after recruiting, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people and trying to recruit thousands of them that, people rarely said no to the money I was offering or even my product. What they said no to was network marketing. And yet they didn't know anything about it. And boy, that really came home for me when I did that super MLM man episode in Spokane, Washington. And I asked people, you know, what do you think about network marketing? Now, to give me some names of some network marketing companies. And, you know, they said Facebook, they said Nordstrom's, they said AT&T. You know, they had no idea what network marketing or direct selling or multi-level marketing was. And so the four-year career is just, uh, you know, it's an effort to, you know, have people have a tool so that they don't have to make up a bunch of stuff about network marketing. They can just give people the book. 
And then ultimately what, you know, Kimmy and I are doing, and I, I've been doing this for 20 years, my favorite work is transformational retreats. And, you know, if you, as people listen to you, Lauren, I know what they can hear, what they do hear, is this is an evolved, peaceful, powerful warrior we're listening to. This is someone who, you know, they're, they're comfortable in their own skin. They're confident. They, this is a powerful person. And it's when people aren't powerful and they know they're not powerful, but they're up, they're like up to powerful things that they get frantic and they get desperate and they get sleazy and they get stupid and they make big mistakes and they ruin relationships and so ultimately the work that I'm doing in this profession is coaching leaders to show up the way you show up because you know who wouldn't want to be in business with you and so there you have it. Thank you. One more quick question. Thank you for that. That's a big compliment coming from you. Um, real quick, if you can just uh, just share how you feel about where we're going as an industry and in a profession um, with, with some of the changes that are happening with some of the companies out there. Well, I think that the VEMA um, and the Herbalife um, you know, interventions by the FTC are really, really good things. Uh, I think the FTC in both cases, especially the VEMA case, severely, at a, even at a criminal level, overstepped their authority. Um, but that's, but you know, that's that's on the FTC. That's a different issue. That you know, the other question is, was VEMA doing things that were irresponsible? And the answer is yes, of course they were. <laughs> They absolutely were, and and Veeam's a great company, a great products, and you know a lot of success there. Great ownership, and you know they just lost their head, lost their way for a couple of years. Herbalife, you know, different. That's a different story. I think Herbalife's been doing things that have not contributed to our profession, you know, from an ethical, honorable standpoint for decades, and you know the FTC just finally stepped in and hammered them, and you know overstepped again i think it's total overreaction to what they're forcing herbalife to do and that's really too bad herbalife doesn't deserve that um but it's a great wake-up call for our profession because what it's saying is you know look the whole game you've been playing for 50 years that you know doesn't matter what you sell you know we could be selling toothpicks um you know, you, you know, distributors, as long as they're using the product, that's all that matters. We don't really have to have customers. Don't waste your time on customers. You know, most of the profession for the last 70 years has had that rhetoric. And, and what that creates is people starting companies, thousands and thousands of network marketing companies starting, that have just, you know, ridiculous substandard products, products that don't work, products whose story is total BS, and and products that nobody would ever buy on a monthly basis unless there was a comp plan attached to it. These are products that would never stand on their own two feet. And that, you know, that's part of what has just really contributed to the bad reputation we have is, you know, when you have products that don't stand up, what you tend to do is, you know, oversell them, hype them. Why? Because you have to to get people excited about buying them because they're too expensive and they don't really have any good science behind them. And so I think that, you know, the future is that we're not going to have companies launching in our space at the rate we have. We'll still have it, but not at the rate we have, you know, that are launching with just ridiculous products, um, which is going to be good. And compensation plans are going to focus on customer acquisition, Pricing is going to come more in line so that customers actually feel like, okay, this is a great product, but I'm not going to pay that for it. So, you know, pricing has got to come in line so customers will buy the products. I think there's going to be a whole shift in the compensation philosophies where the comp plans are not about, 
you know, let me show some top leader that's looking to join my company how they can make a hundred grand a month because I've got a, you know, a two percent, you know, double whiz bang infinity global bonus or something. But rather, you know what? Maybe uh, the pricing is going to come down, the commissions are going to come down, so that we get more customer retention, and that's how people are going to make. 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a month is customer retention, not some gimmicky compensation plan. We're going to see all these kinds of things, and yet we're still going to see the flim-flam artists out there because, you know, they can get away with a lot before anybody catches up to them. And so, you know, what people have to do is just like you said, keep your blinders on, you know, don't be looking at what everybody else is doing. Even the bad apples, don't pay any attention to them. Just focus, 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 just like a laser. You know, without laser focus, sunshine just provides a little bit of warmth. But with laser focus, it burns through steel. And that's what you have to do to build an empire in network marketing. You've got to focus on your your deal, which... 90% of your deal is you. What's your attitude? What's your action plan? What's your level of motivation? How many people are you talking to a day? How are you developing your skill set? What are your stats? What are your ratios? And until you can put a check mark of excellent, 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 excellent next to everything about you, you don't have any business looking at anybody else, not in your upline, downline, not at your company, not at a competitor, Focus on your game. It's more than you wanted to know about that, isn't it? <laughs> oh, thank you, Neil. I, I, it's great hearing. It's great hearing that from you. And there's a little bit of an uncertainty out there, but I'm, I agree with you. I think that uh, this is all good news for our profession and for those of us who want to be here for, you know, legacy positions. Who want to be here for 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 a long, long time. Um, it's great to kind of clean it up and and move forward. So thank you, Richard, for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Lauren. Great call. Thank you all out there, your Bliss Business ambassadors. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, check out our fan page, Richard Bliss Brook, or blissbusiness.com, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks for another hero. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course, his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.